Good news. My new book is finally here. It's called Handbook for the Heartbroken, A Woman's Path from Devastation to Rebirth, and you can order it now wherever books are sold. I wrote this book after the five-year span between 2016 and 2020 when I experienced serial heartbreaks that rocked literally every area of my life, my health, relationships, money, career, social status, and even my very sense of self. And along the way, I really got to experience firsthand how dysfunctional our culture's relationship is to loss. I saw how we live in a heartbreak illiterate world that's obsessed with success and shackled with isolation and ignorant of how valuable our suffering can be for our growth and our evolution, not only as individuals, but also as a collective. So this book expands the conversation around loss beyond just breakups and bereavement, although we definitely cover those too, in order to include falls from grace of all kinds, personal, professional, and collective. So whether you're experiencing hardship now or know you have past hurts that are holding you back in certain ways and still need healing, this book is here to support you. It's also a great book to gift to clients, family members, friends, just other women in your world who are going through a challenging time. It will show you that it's only through fully turning toward your heartbreak with support, courage, and compassion that you can heal. So within the loving pages of this book, you will have full permission to fall apart and slowly, organically find your way back to greater wholeness. I'm truly excited to share this with you. It was not a joy to live this journey, but it really was a joy to write it. And you can find it again wherever books are sold and the audio version of the book is available as well. If you would like some gifts to accompany you on your heartbreak journey, you can get those at handbookfortheheartbroken.com. Those are free. Whenever you order books, you can just send in your invoice or your receipt and we'll send you those accompanying gifts. Enjoy. Hello, beautiful women. Welcome to She Talks, a space to come home to your inner wisdom, which I call your she. I'm Sarah Von Stover, teacher of feminine spirituality and empowerment, best-selling author, and founder of The Way of the Happy Woman. I created this podcast to offer wisdom teachings, or Dharma talks as they're known in the Buddhist tradition, through the distinct lens and voice of the sacred feminine. Because I believe that when a woman gets still and quiet enough to hear the voice of the divine within her, she can finally live true to herself and, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Throughout the month of January, I'm offering a special mini-series here on the podcast called Disrupting the Divine Feminine. It includes five cutting-edge talks, each offering usually unconsidered and sometimes controversial perspectives to shine a provocative light on the rise of the feminine that we're witnessing so much of in the world right now. And all of these talks are born from the intimate, ongoing relationship I have with my own she. Plus, I created this series in celebration of the opening of the She School, a nine-month spiritual leadership and lifestyle immersion that I've been leading for the past seven years to now thousands of women around the world. 
The She School promises to connect you to your feminine spiritual power or your she, so you can birth the life you love and live it powerfully in 2018. It's a sacred space for us to explore in depth the topics that I share on this podcast. If you'd like to learn more about this year's She School journey, head on over to theshe-school.com. Now, my dears, it's time to circle up. Let's huddle together around the crackling bonfire of the wild, awake she. Welcome to Disrupting the Divine Feminine. Welcome home. Here we are in our fifth and final episode of Disrupting the Divine Feminine. I feel like there's a lot that I'm wanting to share, that I'm feeling called to share here today, and it's it's also all new material. I feel like feel like something has opened and there's just a lot, a lot of new information coming through, both in my own life. I mean, this has been for the past year or so. And just now, this month in January, I've been sharing it with our community through these five episodes. So Today is a lot of it. It's the grand finale for the previous five. If you haven't listened to those, I recommend that you at least go back and listen to episode one, where you can really get the bigger picture of what this is all about. And then the ones following that, episodes two, three, and four, break down different components. And number five ties it all together. And we're looking at an exciting take on uncertainty. I was having a meal with a friend, girlfriend, several months ago, and she shared how she was waking up in the middle of the night with a lot of anxiety. And as I looked at her life, I just thought, wow, you know, she's waking up in the middle of the night with a lot of anxiety. And from where I'm standing, it looks like she has a lot of certainty in her life. She has, you know, stable marriage and home and and job and you know I looked at my life and I mean this past year I've really I feel like I've just gone off the charts of what I ever thought was possible for me in terms of uncertainty and I think it's all relative I think that but I think that all of us face uncertainty in different ways and different seasons of life in bigger ways And we need to have tools to work with it. And the tools that I have been using up until this past year only got me to a certain point. And I realized that if I was really going to come out of this very uncertain, very chaotic, very destabilized place that I found myself and my entire life in, that I was going to need new tools. Because we can't you know, we can't, like Einstein said, we can't solve a problem with the same mind that created it. I, I needed new input. And that's what today is all about. What I have been using and working with, and this isn't new material, it's been around for almost a century now, which I'll explain some more. I want to start with a story about Nelson Mandela. We know that Nelson Mandela was a non-violence anti-apartheid activist. He was a politician and a philanthropist. 
For 20 years, he directed a campaign of peaceful, nonviolent defiance against the South African government and its racist policies. And beginning in 1962, Mandela spent 27 years in prison for these political offenses of his defiance against the South African government. Fast forward, you know, 30 years, and Nelson Mandela became a symbol of global peacemaking by winning the Nobel Peace Prize in 1993. Then he went on to become the first black president of South Africa in 1994, where he served for five years until 1999. Question for you. How did this happen? So this is a common story in our history now. It seems like, oh, yeah, that's just the story of Nelson Mandela. Seriously, how did this happen? How does one go from 27 years in prison to becoming the recipient of a Nobel Peace Prize and becoming the first Black president of South Africa. I mean, that is extraordinary. That is uncommon. One could even say that is supernatural. How does one go from the dire straits of being in prison for almost three decades to becoming one of the greatest leaders in the history of not only South Africa, not only Africa, but also the whole world. The first 10 years that he was in prison, his dominant thought was, I'll never get out of here. I'll never get out of here. I'll never get out of here. And we all know that 90 to 95% of the thoughts that we think are repeats. They're the same things we thought yesterday. However, one day, a new thought came into Nelson Mandela's mind. And that thought was, what if I could get out of here? And then that led to, how can I get out of here? And one of the ideas that came out of that was to start writing letters to the United States about apartheid and educating them on what was happening in South Africa. And he started asking, well, who will lead this nation? And then he asked, well, what if I could? Who would I have to be? How would I have to be in order to lead this nation? What would I need to do to become a true leader? These started, these questions, these contemplations, these imaginings started in his own mind. So he started to find his way out of prison by overcoming adversity through thinking new thoughts and dreaming a new dream, imagining new possibilities. This is really the model that I want us to look at today in terms of overcoming uncertainty and having an empowering new perspective on uncertainty. And this is really the path of quantum mechanics, which I'm going to get to very soon. Now, up until, you know, this past year of my life, I really looked to Buddhist teachings 
for a template for how to handle adversity. I am still a great lover and believer in Buddhist teachings and the power of being with what is and relaxing into the present moment. And Pema Chodron's book, When Things Fall Apart, Heart Advice for Difficult Times, has been really my Bible over the years at various times for dealing with adversity. And I want to read you a little quote from this. She writes, To stay with that shakiness, to stay with a broken heart, with a rumbling stomach, with the feeling of hopelessness and wanting to get revenge, that is the path of true awakening. Sticking with that uncertainty, getting the knack of relaxing in the midst of chaos, learning not to panic, this is the spiritual path. Now, I agree that this is a spiritual path, and I agree, or rather I would add to that, that it's not the end of the spiritual path. It's really the beginning of it. So stabilizing ourselves within uncertainty, making peace with it, not pushing it away is the first step, but we, you know, we need to go on from there. And the question is, how do we go on from there? First, let's look at physics, because I feel that science is really the language of spirituality. And a lot of the science that we've been looking to for personal development and spiritual practice has been Newtonian physics. And Newtonian physics came about with Isaac Newton, who was born in 1687. And it really looks at the physical and mechanical aspects of the world. Primarily, it centralizes around the principle of cause and effect. That your efforts, your physical actions, create your physical reality. And Newtonian physics looks at how physical objects in physical reality relate to one another. And it's really looking at the level of the atom or larger in terms of how the world works. Now, this is the perspective, the point of view that most of us are living out of in all areas of life. In how we live our careers, our relationships, how we approach self-care and medicine and education and exercise and, you know, the whole gamut, making money. And, you know, those of us who are of a certain age, you know, I know that I was not exposed to the teachings of quantum mechanics in school. I only learned Newtonian physics. I don't know how it is now. But quantum physics came about in 1925. Yeah, it really got buried because of the chaos of the two world wars. 
However, there there were books, there was there was writings, there were teachings about it at that time, like the book Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill came out in the 20s. And there started to be like a surge of new ways of approaching life that then the Second World War and the Depression just seemed to bury. And, you know, when the Depression came about in the 1930s, a lot of new beliefs that have become systemic in our culture, like you have to work hard and suffer in order to make money came about that have been passed on through many generations at this point, and that many of us are still suffering from and needing to to unravel and go back to these teachings that were coming out just prior to the depression on quantum physics. So with quantum physics, you know, one of the main figures associated with that was Albert Einstein. And he had a vision. He had a vision. So one of the greatest breakthroughs in science came through spontaneous insight. And, you know, he, he then needed to figure out the mathematics to explain it because he couldn't explain it. And the mathematics that came about to explain it was and is quantum physics. And quantum physics really looks at things that happen at the subatomic level. And the piece, so therefore the pieces that make up the atom. And when you look at quantum mechanics, the rules of physics totally change. And everything that you think you understand about reality really doesn't apply at this level like things can disappear in and out of thin air Uh, consciousness can cause an electron you know one of these fundamental particles of an atom to behave in certain ways like if you look at an atom it exists if you turn away sorry if you look at an electron it exists and if you turn away it doesn't exist and in quantum, at the quantum level, bodies can teleport. So the rules are totally different. The technology is totally different. The atom bomb, modern day electronics like cell phones comes from quantum physics. And these more archaic creations like battleships and cannonballs come from Newtonian physics. Quantum physics is the science of possibility. It is the science of mysticism. At the quantum level, we're energy. It's the realization that an atom is 99.9999% space. And energy is what we really are. And this is what we're all just really beginning to discover in a wider on a wider scale and when we realize that what we really are is energy we can start to see that we as humans we co-create and we attract and we bring forth our outer reality from this inner energy so what does this mean for us what does this mean for us If we and everything in the universe is energy, and if the quantum field 
the quantum field, you know, other ways that, that we can that we can think about it or other things that we can call it is, you know, Eckhart Tolle made famous this concept of the eternal now. Those spiritual traditions have been teaching about that, you know, for thousands of years. And if you have a deep spiritual insight or awakening or, you know, a psychedelic experience, you can find yourself in this, you know, you drop thoughts, you drop your attachment to the physical world, and you realize that everything is happening simultaneously. Spiritual traditions also call this, like in Buddhism, Prajnaparamita, which she's thought to be, actually it's not gendered at all, but the mother of all Buddhas, it's really the source of everything. It's that the fertile void, the cosmic womb. And here all possibilities exist for your life and for everything. Like everything that has ever transpired in your past and in your future is happening in the quantum field. And the most horrible alternatives for your life are happening and the best possible alternatives are happening. And wherever you are vibrating, wherever you are energetically is what you're going to line up with, what you're going to match with in the quantum field. So this is where, you know, conversations and practices around vibration are not woo-woo. They're actually really important because we want to make sure that we are tending to our energy so that we're lining up with the highest possible potential in the quantum field that we can. And with this rec- with this recognition, with the bringing of quantum mechanics into our spiritual practice, we know that we are one with the mind of God. That our environment, things that we see with our senses, is merely an extension of our mind. But everything begins in the mind. And if you look around you right now, like I'm looking at my Apple computer and my podcast microphone and this book by Pema Chodron, all of these once only existed in someone's mind as an idea. And then they came into being. So our thoughts become things. And this is really powerful. Therefore, if our thoughts become things, when we deliberately choose our thoughts, when we change our mind, our life changes. Then we're not just at the whim of some random disorderly universe. There's actually, there's actually law, universal laws in action that if we can educate ourselves of those laws and live according to them, we can, we can master the art of creation. And this is the next step in the spiritual path. You know, Pema Chodron wrote that getting the knack of stabilizing ourselves within destabilizing times is the spiritual practice. Yes, that is, that is one part of it. The next part is actually what do you do once you stabilize within the destabilization? Then you 
create what from that uncertainty you actually create your life the universe responds to not what we're doing which is what we think from the newtonian level we think like okay i'm gonna write a book and it's gonna be a bestseller it's an example or I'm going to take this medicine and then I'm going to get better. And that's just purely looking at the physical level. But if that's actually how the universe worked, then we'd all be just radiantly healthy and we'd all be authors or best-selling authors. But the universe doesn't respond to what we're doing. It responds, responds to who we're being. So much more important than our actions, we need to back up and look at the energy behind our actions. Look at the thoughts, look at the emotional state, look at the intent behind our actions. And when we start to tap into that pre-action place, energetic place, we start to tap into the possibility of creating our destiny. We start to tap into the ability to co-create with the quantum field. And if everything is possible within the quantum field, if that is the realm of infinite possibility, then we see that our limitations are merely self-imposed. Limitations are just ideas, concepts, thoughts that we have. Beliefs we have about ourselves and beliefs are just thoughts that we think a lot and that even have been passed on through generations. And just as in quantum physics, it says that, you know, you look at an electron and it exists and you look away and it doesn't exist. In our lives, whatever we focus on grows. So if we're looking at problems, those problems are going to grow. And if you look at opportunity and possibility and positivity, those things are going to grow. So it's really important that we train ourselves to live in the solution, not the problem. And to focus on how things can be better, not just for ourselves, but for others. And this is a shift that we all have the power to choose right now. What I love about this perspective, this aligning with these universal laws is how empowering it is that we all hold within us the power to create our lives. And if our lives are not what we want them to be, if we're not where we want to be, we have the power inside of us to change that. We don't need anything external. Like a cell. If you go back to biology, I loved biology. It was one of my favorite, one of my favorite um, courses in middle school and high school. But biology, we learn about cell division. Cell division is called mitosis. It's when one cell becomes two. For mitosis to happen, it doesn't, the cell doesn't need anything external. Okay, it doesn't need a shot, an injection from a scientist to say like, okay, here's your nucleus, here's your mitochondria, here's your Golgi apparatus. Here's your cell wall. The cell has all the information that it needs within it 
to divide, to replicate itself. The same is true for us. We have everything that we need inside of us. We are infinite possibility machines. Therefore, like Nelson Mandela, it's important that we move from suffering to creating by affecting change at the level of thought to go from Nelson Mandela, who was saying, I'll never get out of here, to creating the possibility, what if I could get out of here? Who would I need to be to lead this nation? And to start to move from feeling like we're victims in a random universe to emulating the divine, this awareness that our innate Our fundamental state is divinity. And if we can align with that through just emulating the divine through our thoughts, words, and actions, we're going to create a whole new external reality for ourselves. And through that, a whole new world. Now let's bring this more to, let's bring this more to the level of spiritual practice from impersonal development from both the Newtonian and quantum perspectives. Now, I have mostly been teaching and practicing personal development and spiritual practice and even, you know, running my business and living my life from the Newtonian level, along with most of us. And this is primarily happening at the level of the conscious mind and in previous episodes, I've talked about how the conscious mind is really just 5% of the mind. And however, you know, a lot of my life has been guided by deep mystical experiences where mystical experiences are from the, they, they happen at the subconscious level. And when we tap into that deep level, you know, everything around, everything around us changes. So I have had those quantum leaps However, I haven't fully lived my life from the quantum level and I haven't fully taught, you know, the things that I'm passionate about to other people at the quantum level, teaching other people to have mystical experiences or to create their lives from their minds. And I'm realizing, you know, what I, what I realized within myself this past year and what I see in the lives of the women that I work with is that really in order to in order to to get out of these limiting beliefs and to get out of get out of this pattern of continuing to impose our past on our future to think that our future is just going to be a repeat of our past we need to apply quantum physics uh, physics we need to take a quantum leap and So with Newtonian physics, the way that we tend to focus on personal development in the mainstream is that we think about what we want, and then we make a plan. And if we, if part of our subconscious mind or part of our, what I call our inner family isn't on board with that and says, oh, that's not possible, then we adjust the plan and we kind of 
dumb it down, make it smaller, charge less, whatever it is. And we follow through with that plan and maybe we get like mediocre results. Maybe we just fall a little bit short of the mark. Maybe we just meet the mark, but we do it in a way that totally exhausts us. And we just keep repeating that cycle of like exhaustion and mediocrity and uh, adrenal fatigue. And we just like pushing ourselves, getting effort through force. It's, you know, that you need to do a gazillion sit-ups and push-ups to have a great body. It's that you need to follow this really elaborate marketing plan and work yourself to the bone and trade hours for dollars in order to be successful, that you have to take massive action in order to get results and that you need to use your physical body to create physical results. You need a hammer and nail and wood to create a structure. It's all about efforting, striving, hard work, hustling. And I'm sure like you, you know, this is, this is how I've lived, you know, I'm 40 now and this is how I've lived most of my life up until this point. I have studied manifestation a lot over the years, but never as intensively as I have this past year, just because of the necessity of what my life has been and just having, having a lot of time alone on my hands, a lot of that by choice, some of it just because of the nature of the grief process and telling myself I'm going to use this time wisely. I'm going to use this to develop myself and just like Nelson Mandela in prison is, you know, imagining imagining who I want to be and how I want my life to be and not just thinking I'm in a prison, that this is how my, this my, my, or thinking that, you know, my future needs to be a replica of my past. There is an easier way. There is an easier way. So yes, this mainstream approach to creating the life that you want that involves long hours, struggles, striving, sacrifice, you know, that if you're going to have success, it means that it's your your health is going to suffer that your family is going to suffer that is you know a lot of people achieve success that way that is the celebrated mode of success that that manual effort will create the change that you want however it is a very primitive way to create reality it's like you think about a horse and buggy, right? Or as one of the shows that I really have enjoyed watching recently is Outlander. And they travel everywhere on horseback. And compare that to technology that's being developed developed now through Elon Musk and Richard Branson that's going to take just regular people like you and me to outer space right? Totally different technology. (laughs) So there's a primitive way of shaping our reality, taking a horse or some buggy from point A to point B, or taking a rocket ship to another planet. And that's what I'm interested in. I'm interested in this quantum way of living, which is completely different. And rather than looking at cause and effect, It's looking at how we are causing an effect, how we, who we're being is the source of an effect, 
how using our mental effort, our mental consciousness causes an effect, how thoughts become things, how we become the creators of our realities. And this is happening whether we're aware of it or not. We're creating our reality whether we're aware of it or not. And much better if we become aware of it and much better if we take time to study it. And even better, if we learned how to master it, if we learn how to master the art of creation, we can master our lives. And this really looks at, whereas the Newtonian level, you know, looks at cause and effect, it's like you need to have the good job to feel happy. You need to have X amount of money in your bank account to be happy. You need to have You need to weigh this much to be happy. You need to have these clothes, this car, this kind of partner, this kind of family, this kind of house, go on this kind of vacation to be happy. Quantum physics looks at the opposite thing. It looks at, it starts internally. You start with the image of what you want to create and how you will feel when that comes into being. So it focuses on the positive emotion, on happiness and alignment before we take action. Because again, everything already exists within the quantum field. All potentialities, infinite possibility, infinite possibility in the quantum field. So we need to get a clear mental image and bring ourselves into a state, our emotions create the vibration in our body. So bring ourselves to an emotional state that matches the vibration of of this image that we want. So say that we want a certain kind of car and we can cut out a picture of that car from a magazine or print it out from the internet and look at it And we can close our eyes and envision what will it be like to drive that car and how we feel. Will will we feel free and alive and adventurous? And we focus on those feelings. And it's those feelings then that when, when those feelings resonate with that same vibration of that potential that lives in the quantum field, then that thing that can't but help but just come to you. So... Whereas in the Newtonian world, you know, it's, I need to save X amount of dollars over X amount of months or years. I need to look at Craigslist every day for this car, or I need to visit like every car dealership in the state for this car. I need to look online every day. It's the Newtonian way is finding it through effort. And the quantum way is finding it through this inner alignment A lot of great people, not only Nelson Mandela, but also you know, people who are alive right now, especially in, especially people who have, who have achieved a certain level of success in the world know this. Like Jim Carrey, the actor, he wrote himself a check for, I think it was his first million dollars and maybe it was $10 million. I don't remember, but he wrote himself a check for that amount and he just visualized it. He he hung it up. And one day that check actually became a reality. 
Tiger Woods, as he was growing up, he would review the world records of golfers. And before he'd go to bed every night, he'd visualize himself beating those records. And his motto, his motto through the years has been put to the picture, put to the picture. And what that means is when he goes to the putting green or, you know, anywhere along the golf course, he, he sees the picture of getting the ball in the hole. And then he just physically does that, but only after he has experienced it first in his mind. Michael Phelps is another great example. He's a seven-time Olympic gold medalist. And when he was swimming the 200-meter race, the race that would win him his fifth gold medal, at about 100 meters, his goggles filled with water, completely filled with water. And he could not see. He was, he was very destabilized. But he didn't let his mind freak out. He just kept saying that he was going to win the gold. And all that he could see, all that he could think about was the gold. And he even hit his head on the edge of the pool when he got to the edge and needed to turn around and swim the other way to finish the race. But he didn't let that deter him. He stayed with his his single-pointed focus. Now, this is a completely different way of relating to reality than hard hustling adrenal fatigue, right? This this focuses on attention, deliberate creation, positive emotions, and ease and fun. And actually, the ways of creating in the quantum field, they come from meditation They come from visualization. They come from relaxation. So creating our reality then from this different paradigm comes from a state of receiving, of receivership, of non-doing, rather than excessive exertion and action. And in fact, in the quantum approach, striving actually keeps you from what you want. This is an advanced way of shaping our reality. And even though it's almost a century old that we have had this information that we've discovered it, it's not being fully embraced by the mainstream yet. However, it is the way of the future. It is the way of the future to live through a place of receiving, through alignment, through positivity, through a calm state. So that our action comes from inspiration, our action comes from emulation of the divine, rather than striving and pushing and lack, right? It's a completely different way from just grinding it out, comes from flow, comes from feeling that, that inspiration, that, that pull, that deep desire, that deep passion to do something. So this can be hard for us to shift when we when we lived our whole lives from the place of pushing and force. So it's going to take, you know, ironically, it's going to take some effort to shift it. And the effort 
comes through surrounding yourself with this information. It comes through daily meditation practice, through study, through being in community with people who are also living this way, because everywhere you look, it's going to be people living in the Newtonian way. And mechanism is not the answer. The secret to life is not to be in the know, but to be in the not knowing, to be in the mystery. Uncertainty is an awesome thing. Uncertainty is the state that we want to be in because it's the place of unlimited possibility. And quantum physics is a paradigm that we can embrace to really understand how the world works. And from the Newtonian perspective, it's, it's thought that if we ha- just have enough information that we might be able to perceive the future, that we're separate cogs in a machine, that we need to use matter to influence matter. But from the quantum perspective, uncertainty equals a new possibility. Uncertainty means that your future can be a complete departure from your past. Certainty keeps you stuck inside a tunnel and a predictable future. Like you already, from the place where you are, if you look five, ten years from now, you can kind of predict, like it'll just be, it'll just be repeating versions of yourself that you already know. So we need to be, in order for us to really live and create the lives of our dreams, we need to be willing to let things get disorderly. We know that the mess often leads to the magic. And we can look back over our lives and see that the universe or God or the divine, whatever you want to call this larger loving infinite intelligence that is us and is all around us, that it has really never let you down. That in its own way, things are always really working out for you. And so many of us are waiting for someone else to have the answer for us to, you know, just give us the magic pill to to make us feel happy or to make us have the lives that we want. But it really needs to come from inside of us, from our own hearts and minds. We need to every day start our day with falling in love with this future potential that exists in the quantum field. Every day we need to remember that thought is more real than anything else more real than the chair that you're sitting on or the building that you're in or the car that you're driving. We need to sit in meditation and broadcast a clear intention, a clear picture combined with a positive emotion to the universe. And to remember that what we're thinking and feeling influences our environment and space itself, our future, that we're connected to it all, that we're not alone that we are the creators of our lives. We're creating far more than we think. Again, we're not just victims of circumstance. We're always co-creating as we go through life. And the universe itself was born from chaos from the Big Bang 13.8 billion years ago. 
uncertainty and chaos is the place from which we can create our future. It's not something to fear. It's not something to push away. It's human nature to want to hold on. And what we need to do in uncertainty is get excited about creating, get serious about creating, and start to engage with the science of creation. We're used to living in a world where all we see is the tip of the iceberg and we think that that's everything, but it's really not. It's There's a whole other iceberg below that. And we believe that, you know, we need to see something in order for it to be possible. But if we have it backwards. We, we need to believe something in order to see it. Again, it needs to start in your mind. It needs to start in the energetic place before you can see it in physical form. And we need to do this with complete expectation and certainty that it's going to happen. Think about it. How would you live your life if you knew that your future was coming to you? How would you live your life if your prayers, all your prayers were already answered? And what would it take for you to start living that way right here right now today now all of this is it's a lot of information i share you know i said that at the start of this talk and that's why i'm devoting this whole year to teaching this in the she school um again this daily meditation practice so in the she school each month we have a class, this new class called the Dakini's Den. And the, the, the Dakini, like I mentioned in episode one, is this, she's actually the principle of uncertainty in Buddhism. She's, she's the one who, who pulls the rug out from underneath us and turns our lives upside down, inside out, in service of opening us up to a bigger vision, to bigger possibility. And in this Dakini's Den, I'm going to be talking about all of these things and you know new things that are coming in to my awareness and step-by-step step laying out a meditation practice. So each month, a new phase of the practice so that every day of the month we're, we're doing that practice and we have a really solid meditation practice to create our realities. Because what I noticed is we can set a goal. We can do a new moon manifestation ritual And sometimes we achieve those goals. Sometimes those manifestations come into being. But a lot of times they don't. And that's what I've gotten really curious about is what happens when we don't reach that goal. And usually, you know, I was working with, I was working with a woman recently on her business. And the main thing that we needed to do, because she wanted to, she wanted to raise her, her income dramatically, you know, by, by, you know, not only double it, but triple it and even beyond that in future years. And the main thing I said was you need to raise your prices. And I named a price for this main program that she offers and I could see on her face something collapsed and and I said, what just happened? And she said, I don't know. I said, well, was there a voice inside that said, I can't do that? 
And she said, yes. And there's a voice that came up inside that said, I don't deserve this. I'm not worth it. And this is, you know, this, yeah, we can have a goal. We can have an intention. But if all parts of ourselves are not aligned, it's not going to come into being. If we hold these deep subconscious beliefs, then the signal that we're sending out into the universe is going to be scrambled. And beliefs are some of the most stable structures we have. Again, they're thoughts that we've been thinking since we were very small. So we want to destabilize them. We want to destabilize those beliefs. And that's what we're going to be focusing on through these meditation practices and in the mastermind component of the She School, the She Leadership Circle. You know, that's, again, that's the biggest thing that I've noticed in business is, yes, you can have the strategy. That's the Newtonian piece, right? That's, okay, how do I get from point A to point B? But we also want to bring in the quantum piece. So at the start of the She Leadership Circle, you know, the nine-month journey, every woman defines a project that she wants to work on. So say she wants to write a book or she wants to create a website or an online program. And so we start with that project and then we, we map out a strategy over the nine months to bring that into creation. But then we also work at the quantum level of, so also creating that in your mind, and creating the belief structures that are going to broadcast a coherent signal out into the universe to bring it to you. There's a power in being yourself. There's a power in aligning with your truest vibration with the source as it lives through you and your personality, which I call your she. And your ideal reality comes about when you are vibrating at your true frequency. And your true frequency is like no one else's frequency. So this is a path of not being a cookie cutter. This is a path of knowing that the real spiritual practice is fully being yourself. Using your personality to serve your soul or the source energy that's within you. And when you do that, you're unstoppable. When you do that, there's no competition. When you do that, there's no lack. When you do that, your mind and your heart are connected and your heart is what ties you to the unified field. So to emulate the divine is to practice every day when you get up, when you get out of your meditation, being divine, being big, being invincible, being in love with life, commanding your destiny. And when you are emulating the divine, there's no room to be a victim. There's no room to be insecure. Like Nelson Mandela, there was no room in his mind to think, who am I to do this or I'll I'll never get out of this prison. Once he had the inspiration, then it was just aligned action. So as we come to the end of this series, this five-part series, we come back to this idea of disrupting the divine feminine. The divine feminine has looked a certain way up until now. We've been emulating the past. At times, we've been romanticizing the past. 
If you're a leader in this in this field, you've been part of talking about the same topics and bringing those into the mainstream. And now it's a time to take it to a whole new level. A whole new level, not just to look at how can we emulate the past, but how can we create our future? How can we create a new kind of woman who doesn't just create children, but she creates worlds. She creates her life. In this time, in this age of information, ignorance is a choice. You know, we all have information at our fingertips about health, about finances, about spirituality. And I disagree with a lot of people who say that the world is falling apart. Again, destabilization is where creativity is at its peak, has the most potential. So many paradigms are breaking down, government, education, medicine, economy, gender dynamics, business, environment. We're living in a time of radical extremes and radical chaos. And within that, there's a possibility for new things to take their place. And now that we're informed about where we are, we can really create at a much higher level. We can create a future for ourselves, for our families, for our community, for our world. That's a complete departure from the past. But in order to do that, we need to, we need to stop working within the existing paradigm. It's time to update our software. So to create a new future, to start a new conversation, we need to move out of this Newtonian way of relating to reality and move into the quantum way of knowing that we are the creators of our realities. And when we see around us through our physical senses, we see the news, we see an update about another natural disaster or something else happening in our government or in another part of the world that we don't feel dismay, we don't feel overwhelmed, or if we do, we don't stay there for long. And so that we get still and envision who we want to be. What is the greatest possible expression of ourselves? How can we use our lives to serve at the highest level? And create just the grandest world that we could possibly live in. This is being part of the change. And upgrading to this new software, stepping into this new paradigm is being ahead of the curve. Align with these universal laws. Don't fight them. Remember that we have everything that we need inside of us. And knowledge is the precursor to experience. So take this knowledge. Study more about it. But know that words ultimately don't teach, experience does. You, you ultimately, you need to live this. So in closing, remember the best thing that you can do when things are uncertain is to create your future. And you cannot experience new lands or new opportunity from the confines of your comfort zone. You need to... Be unreasonable about your vision. Blow the, blow the ceiling off of what you think is possible. And 
in order to do that and do the work that you need to do around partnering, reprogramming your subconscious mind. Step into the unknown and trust in a future that doesn't yet exist. Rather than collapsing into fear or becoming paralyzed by overwhelm, train yourself to get excited by uncertainty. Hold a mental picture in your mind and the feeling states associated with it above anything else like Michael Phelps when his goggles filled with water and he still won his fifth gold medal. Redefine uncertainty. Uncertainty is infinite possibility. It's your doorway into the quantum field. Remember that doing the uncommon is our birthright. Just like Nelson Mandela or any great figure in history has embraced. In order to do the uncommon, partner with your inner she. This non-physical part of you that was here before you were born it will be here after you die get into alignment with that and you will be unstoppable you will be unstoppable now to be realistic the hardest part is taking the time is making the time you need to make this you need to be obsessed (laughs) you need to become obsessed with your future you need to become obsessed with this new way of living You need to have a daily meditation practice to create. We can only create from a place of nothing, from a place of being no one, of being nowhere, of being out of time, of being part of this infinite space. And, you know, a a skillful meditation practice will, will land you in that place every single day. Right? So, Dare to be original in your life. Start wherever you are, however you are. You have to start from somewhere. So why not just, why don't it be right here? Use your body as an instrument of consciousness. Use your life as an experiment with creating your dream destiny. Remember that we are multidimensional beings living multidimensional lives much more than we can perceive with our senses and make it a priority in your life to get a glimpse of who you really are and the current problems that you're facing will no longer be an issue. So please love yourself enough to do this. Believe in yourself enough to take your power back and really be responsible for your life. And remember that, you know, if you want to hide God really well, hide it inside a human being because we'll look everywhere else to find it until, you know, we're pressed up against the wall and we realize there's no way out but in. All right. So let me know how it goes. (laughs) Let me know these realities that you're creating for yourself. And if you want to join my community to embark on nine months of this journey of just being obsessed with this to the degree that feels good for you you're you're totally welcome and if not you know find the community that really resonates with you but but get on it because life is short and we're living in a time that needs us to be powerful creators
Much love and many blessings. Thank you for carving out this time for yourself. If you're longing to live these teachings in your daily life, come on over to The She School at thesheschool.com. You'll get to read about our nine-month curriculum and how we structure the course through monthly classes and Q&As with me, she yoga and meditation videos, guest teacher interviews, and so much more. Remember, registration is only open once a year, which is right now. And our nine-month journey starts on February 1st. It will be an honor to support you in stepping into your strength, wisdom, and greatness in the year ahead. And if you enjoyed this talk, I and the women in your world who need it would be so grateful if you shared it with them. And better yet, if you leave us a review on iTunes. Until next time, I'm sending you my heartfelt support. Thank you so much for being part of our sisterhood.